This ad is brought to you by the Floral Teak. Looking to send a smile to your special someone? Fresh floral arrangements are the perfect way to bring cheer to your loved ones. For all your flower delivery needs, go to www.thefloralteak.com. Easy online ordering, fast and friendly delivery, Boston and North Shore. Check it out. The captain suggests it. Sunday Show Fight Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Carmen. We got the co-host here, Aaron Downtown Brown. Hey, hey. We got the commish. Hello, hello. The three amigos are back. We're back. We're, we're back. back. Uh, we're back to talk uh, end of year uh, fantasy carnage. <laughs> carnage, yes. <laughs> I think commish worded that the best. <laughs> he, did. he said the carnage is real, and it is real. It, this is the time of year that I love uh, and I hate if that makes sense. I mean, it, if you made the playoffs, you're extremely excited, but then as commission putting it out, the carnage is real and you are uh, anxiety levels are through the roof. I was on like a 30 minute phone call with uh, Mr. Downtown Brown on who our final flex spot was going to be for this upcoming playoff game. So uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fun time, but it's also a very high stress because most of these leagues, you know, you, there's money on the line and this is the week that, makes or breaks a lot of people whether or not they're going to make money. So what, what say you boys? It's absolutely not cutting time here on the fantasy football landscape. It really goes so fast. Like once the year gets going, like you blink and all of a sudden we're in week 16 and it's semifinal week. And I hope you guys have, have some a few teams in the semifinals this week like I do. Um, so it's fun. This is what we play all year for to, to get to the spot. But it really is nerve-wracking because, you know, especially at this stage where, you know, you become one game short of the finals, like you might be looking at making nothing on the season and it's kind of like all that work went went to waste and so it really is important to get to get it right here and hopefully some of the guys that we touch on in, in tonight's episode are guys that you're you're contemplating playing and um you know maybe in a flex spot or something like that you're kind of on the fence about and maybe we could talk you into or out of certain players here and then this show but you know overall as you know this time of year i like to say like if you're on the fence just just kind of dance with who brung you know like play your studs you know, if you have guys who've been performing well for you for the majority of the year, or at least recently, just put them in your lineup and live with the results here. The worst thing you want to do is have a guy that that has been good for you all season, and you get cute at the last minute, and you know he tanks for you, and you end up losing by a few points. So just just stick with the guys that got you there for the most part, but still be a little bit flexible. You know, with the guys who might, who might have good matchups this week, who uh, who you think could be could do well for you, but don't overthink it too much, and hopefully. Hopefully you're still dancing at this at this time of year, heading into late December. Yeah, I agree. I'm in a funny position because, as you know, I got the first round by. I won, you know, first place in the regular season. Uh, but our payout payout rules is most most points in the regular season gets gets a little bit of cash, and I was actually second in points, first in standing. So I'm actually in a position I could I got the buy. I'm in a good position, but. I play Mr. Captain Carmen in the playoffs, and if I don't have a great week, I could actually walk away with no money. So there's a lot on the line, as you guys said. Um, very fun. I also like it in this DFS world, too. So 
Kamish said, yeah, we may talk about some pick six players, maybe some guys you're, you're wondering if you want to start or not. Um, but even in the DFS world, I love it too, because it's like, you got a lot on the line in, in real football, right? You got a lot of teams that are on the, on the edge trying to make a squeak in a playoff seed too. So a lot, a lot going on in fantasy world and real world and DFS and everything. So yeah, very fun week right now. Yeah. And then before we get into this week, Aaron, you, you want to touch a little bit on last week real quick and, uh, you know, the Alex Spoil sports and then the, the social media, what we did last week. Yeah. Yeah. So this was like actually the first time in our, in our first two seasons of Sunday Surefire, we didn't have a DFS lineup for you on a show. Uh, we chose to kind of feature alloy sports episode. We thought that was a great interview. Been, been hearing a lot of great feedback from that. If you haven't uh, at least checked out the app, go ahead, make sure you have that app downloaded. Start checking out those, um, you know, those different plays. Uh, a lot of great nuggets on that, on that, um, on that app. So you know, get that, get familiar with it. You know, use Pro. Um, it's a great, great, uh, great way to use bets as we talk bets on the show too. And then yeah, what we did in replacement of a of a DFS show is uh, kind of rewarded our um, social media followers. Uh, posted a little bit on IG, Facebook, a uh, little bit of a nugget said, hey. I like the combination again. Uh, Henry, Derek Henry, he scored 29 points. CD Lamb scored 23. Kelsey scored another 23. So you could actually squeeze those guys all in your lineup. They're all bullish type of players, but they all performed well uh, as long as you hit right with a pick six type of player. So if you're following us on social media. All of our guys hit pretty well right there. And uh, we're looking to do more hits now. So let's right. get. We'll get into it here, and I'll kick it off with the bullish buys. Um, and, I mean, this one is probably – I'm going to guess this is unanimous, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm going with uh, Mr. – as I like to say, Aaron, this is the time of year where this is the guy that no one wants to tackle. <laughs> and I'm going with Derrick Henry uh, versus Houston, who gives up the 32nd most points to running backs – uh, in DraftKings lineups, and uh, Tennessee's probably going to be starting uh, not Ryan Tannehill. So uh, you may see – I joked around with Aaron on the call and said, Kamish, that you could possibly see uh, Derrick Henry get somewhere near 300 yards. They may just force him right down Houston's throat. So I'm going Derrick Henry with my first pick, bullish buy. Yeah, I like I like that pick a lot, and I actually I have him in my in my lineup. I wasn't gonna say him because I was actually trying to bet that one of you guys would say him. Um, so yeah, you mentioned it, the thirty second uh, ranked rushing defense. But you know, I I commish maybe maybe we can we can see if you can look this up. But the Texans may have one of the worst defenses against a single rusher of all time. I I would love to know Derrick Henry's career stats against Houston too. It's like he. Um, he loves playing Houston. So yeah, he's got those 200 yard games. Like he, he's on repeat. Um, so yeah, love the pick there. Uh, commission, not sure if you want to comment on that, um, with your bullish afterwards. Yeah. I mean, Henry is a, a blow up player with you know, that type of potential every single time he's in your lineup, whether regardless of how expensive he is, uh, he's in my lineup as well. He was one of the guys I wanted to highlight in this segment. I kind of figured that it would be a clean sweep in this for this player, and it certainly is. You know, he absolutely crushed the Houston Texans uh, back in week eight to the tune of, uh, it was 
it was like it was it was a big day that week. It was it was thirty eight points, I believe it was, on that day. And I think we could be in store for something similar. You know, especially with Tannehill looking like he's not likely to play this week. They're going to go with a run heavy game script with Malik Willis under center, and I could just see him absolutely crushing again. He, I he was not the guy I was going to talk about though for a similar reason that Aaron mentioned. I figured we cover him enough. I'm actually going with one of Aaron's Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going with Travis Kelsey for eight thousand. Uh, going up against the Seattle Seahawks is my bullish buy. You know, he's uh go the thirty first ranked Seattle Seahawks defense specifically uh, against tight ends. So I I think he's a, in a blow up spot this week himself. You know, he's been left out held out of the end zone here in the, for a couple of weeks. So he is due for to to make a trip back to pay dirt, if you will. So I I like Kelsey this week. I like Derek Henry this week, and I'll uh, have to get pretty creative to fit both of those big guns in my lineup. But Aaron will be happy with that, and uh, I think Carmen will be happy that I'm also rolling with Derek Henry in uh, in my lineup as well this week. What do you say, boys? Nice. You know, I I love it uh, for a couple of reasons. So I like I said, I have Henry, and I actually have Kelsey in my lineup too. And it's funny, I was not going to talk Kelsey, but I love those reasons as well. Um, so that's pretty neat. Uh, my bullish buy is actually on the opposite side of that game. I'm taking a page from Carmen's. Uh, actually, no, this is one of my rules from season one. I say, hey, don't be a homer. Um, I'm actually going 7,100 DK Metcalf here against the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, yeah, they're against my beloved Chiefs. Uh, but, hey, I love DK here. Game script-wise, um, hey, we know Kansas City puts up points. We know Seattle has been able to put up points this, this year. Uh, with the surprise of Geno Smith's outcoming. Uh, but I got a couple more reasons, too. So, um, like I said, 29th ranked secondary against wide receivers is, are the Chiefs. McDuffie's their number one rookie. Um, he is really good. Uh, I do. I actually do like watching McDuffie, but the problem is he's only 5'10". I actually don't see a 5'10 corner, um, you know, covering DK, right? He's kind of more suited to, like, trying to lock up, like, the digs of the world and, and stuff like that. So, um, I, I see the Chiefs secondary struggling again, especially with DK Metcalf. They struggle against big body wide receivers all year. You've seen it with, you know, with Higgins, with Mike Williams, with all those guys, any large wide receiver uh, the Chiefs have struggled with against this year. So I'm going DK 7,100 as my bullish buy. Well, I mean, it's just hilarious because I also, uh, I guess I'll get on commission's point. Uh, I also have Travis Kelsey in my lineup. <laughs> wow. Clean so sweep. I'm, I'm getting creative as well when we stack in towards the uh, bottom end of the lineup. But uh, I had to have – there was two guys that just stood out glaringly to me in this week's uh, picks, and it was Derrick Henry and Travis Kelsey. And so I won't you know, belabor the point too much, but commission hit the nail right on the head. Uh, Seattle hasn't been able to stop tight ends. All at all this year, and uh, there's not a much better tight end than Travis Kelsey. So I absolutely love Kelsey in this matchup. I think he could have another 25, 30 point game. Couple that with Henry with another 35, 40 point game. You probably don't need much out of the rest of your lineup to cash. Um, and I, I like Metcalf too because let's face it, the Chiefs secondary is not very good. So and uh, like you always like to talk about, Aaron, uh, the game script, right? When you play the Chiefs, what's the one thing you got to do? You got to keep up. You got to keep up. Well, you're not going to keep up by trying to hand the ball off because you're going to look up and find yourself down 20 points real quick. So 
I think the game script plays into Metcalf. I, I think I think that's a good call out too. Commission, you wanna you know you can touch on Metcalf and then kick it off with your two uh, D. Yeah, I like Metcalf this week too. You know, another, another premier talent in the league that you're never really gonna regret putting in your lineup. He's gonna give you a chance to win every single week. Um, yeah, don't have much to add on him, but uh, I'll get more into that game a little bit down the road here. So we'll save that. Uh, for my defense this week, I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens playing at home against the Atlanta Falcons for $3,200. Uh, the Ravens have been playing much better here in the last two-thirds or so of the year. You know, they've returned six or more fantasy points in eight of their last ten games. And this week they get Desmond Ritter, who's making just his second career start, you know, the rookie quarterback. Um, and you know, as we know, those rookies, they can easily have turnover-prone games where they kind of kind of stockpile up quickly. And I, I think this is a spot where we're going to get that from Ritter. At a you know a mediocre at best Falcons offense, you know, just thirty at three you know thirty two hundred dollars here. I'm willing to bet that the Ravens can can play well at home here this week. I think they're probably going to win the game outright, and I think they can turn over Ritter on the offense a few times here and really pay dividends. And at just thirty two hundred dollars, you're definitely not breaking the bank and the and the defensive side there. So doing something like that there allows you to get those studs like Henry and Kelsey into your lineup. So rolling with the Ravens this week and hopefully it pays off. Wow. Uh, Kamish, we're three for three. <laughs> I've, I've got the Baltimore Ravens as well, and I wrote six points in eight of their games. I literally wrote down everything you wrote. You just said, um, uh, rookie quarterback. I highlighted that uh, at Baltimore. You know, this could be a, a tough scenario for him. A couple turnovers. I thought thirty-two hundred was a very good value. So I also have the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, so I'll just go ahead and kick it over to Mr. Browntown. But me and Kamish seem to have the same lineup. Yeah, you know, you know, in high school that would have been called plagiarism, right? <laughs> yeah, I like it. It's it would be funny if I had the Ravens here too. But um, it is funny we are agreeing with a couple of our bullish buys. Um, my too deep. I, I try to save a little bit more money here. I kind of went with a old system here. Um, I'm going twenty six hundred. Uh, I'm actually going to Dallas Cowboys. All right. So they are playing the Eagles. Um, but I basically went with the approach that I wanted to get the best defense for the cheapest price. And I literally just started from the bottom. And as soon as I saw a good defense, I was like, all right, let me look at them a little closer. Right. So I just looked a little closer over at Dallas. Hey, they're playing at home. Uh, Eagles are not going to have hurts. Uh, you know, they got to start Minshew. Minshew did all right last year. He actually lit it up last year as he, as he came in. He's a decent backup, but, um, I, you know, we kind of touched on it before that we had this point in the season that Dallas needs a win, right? They, they, they're not, they should not, um, you know, kind of, kind of lose their season here. The, the last, last stretch here. So I think they're going to play hard. They are playing at home. Uh, like I said, they're under 3000, it's 2,600. Um, I realize they're playing one of the best teams in the league. Um, but hey, that's just that's the direction I, I went, and I also went with the, a team that's not playing their starting QB. All right, uh, I mean the Cowboys lead the NFL in quarterback pressure rate, and they lead the NFL in sacks. Uh, so I I like the logic and the twenty six hundred. Although I do think Minshew is a more than serviceable quarterback. It's not like they're going up against a guy who does who who can't come in and play well. And the other problem is uh, the Eagles, I want to say, are top three in the NFL uh, from a pro football focus as far as offensive line unit. I think they're yeah. e either two or three, to be honest. 
So it will, we'll see. Something's going to give. But at 2,600, you really – you're not asking for much. I, that's kind of – you know, you you can get six points out of 2,600, then, you know, you'll be happy with that. What say you, Commissioner? I don't really have any issues with the Dallas defense. They're opportunistic, as we know. They, they're a walking pick six waiting to happen. Uh, they, they do give up some big plays here and there as well, but I think it's going to be a relatively conservative game plan despite a confident Gardner issue starting the game for the Eagles with Jalen Hurts likely out for this week. You know, the, I could my only downside to it here is that maybe the Philly takes a rarely run heavy approach to it where they're they're just kind of feeding Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott, you know, the the carousel there and the Philadelphia backfield and trying to try to shorten the game here, take some air out of the ball. And as long as those guys are holding onto the ball and not coughing it up, I think we could get kind of a, a quick moving game here. So maybe they don't have those opportunities for those, those pick sixes or those, you know, long returns off turnovers or anything like that. But like, like Captain Carbon said, $2,600, you're not going to get much of an argument from me. And I like the, I like the approach of getting a good unit at a low cost. So I'm not going to really bury you for it, but uh, you know, we'll see what the, if Vinci mania can, can rekindle that fire from a couple of years ago. And, and if he, they can maybe shock the world to get a win down in Dallas this week. Fear the mustache. That's oh, right. you, better fear, you better fear the mustache. I wish it was like that. Kidding me? <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, so that's it for the too deep. I guess we can get into this is the territory where it gets a little uh, shaky. Um, but <laughs> hey, I, I swear, Commissioner, if me and you have either of these guys, then <laughs> – I don't know what to say. Um, Stack your uh, chips. It might be the million. This might be the time that the fans might want to really load up because uh, I don't think we've ever called out four guys on the same lineup. So this could be a this could be a first, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm gonna kick off my 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 pick six. We're gonna go uh, highest to lowest. Is that how we're doing it, Mister Browntown? Yes, sir. That's your favorite. That's your favorite. Fave. All right. That's your fave. So. I'm going highest to lowest, and I'm going to go 5,100 quarterback. This is going to sound so odd saying his name. Sam Darnold, Carolina at home in a, in a game that matters against the Detroit Lions, who actually have given up the most points to quarterbacks in fantasy. So I'm going Sam Darnold, 5,100 at home against the Lions. And I'm going to tease it. I'll tell you guys this right now. I'm stacking them with DJ Moore. So there you have it. Oh, <laughs> I don't, if you don't mind, I'll jump in for, for, a, I got a reason here. Not the same guy, but I, I kind of, I'm digging your logic there. Uh, Darnold's a guy I can kind of sneak in and maybe give you some rushing stats. And he had a couple top five performances last year. And the, and what do you know? Hey, they're in a, they're still trying to compete in that division to maybe uh, uh, take over that division too. So they're not out, like you said. Um, don't hate Darno. Actually, that's pretty. That's pretty pretty sneaky for fifty one hundred. You said it all year. If you can get a guy, you think you can sneak in and get twenty points at fifty one hundred. That's it's a good investment. So I'm not gonna hate it. But I actually stuck with the same game, not the same position, and I'm going a little bit cheaper here at running back. I'm going forty nine hundred. Captain Carmen, I, I I hope you're gonna like this because this guy we uh we actually ended up decided on going with at flex in our league, uh, and that's Chuba Hubbard. All right, forty nine hundred Chuba, um, Detroit at Carolina. All right, so as as we said, hey, both teams are in it. They're both trying to win. Both trying to make the playoffs. 
Um, also, you know, this time of year, hey, what do you know? It's it, it's winter time, right? So I'm kind of looking around the league. Some of the other games um, this week, are, they're playing in pretty cold temperatures. And not just cold, but like cold, right? Like under, we're talking like under 15 degrees, right? So nice, sun, uh, nice sunny uh, Carolina weather. I do like that. Um, but here's another thing. We know that Detroit scores a lot, and I like that game script better for Chubba Hubbard um, rather than uh, Deontay Foreman, right? So I think the kind of – I think it will start gravitating yeah, more to Hubbard. He, you know, he was also the the rookie they drafted to kind of take, you know, uh, go behind CMC, but when they had CMC too. So I think that's kind of another one where the GM's kind of whispering over to everybody and saying, hey, Play this guy a little more. That's why we drafted him. Uh, I like it. So I actually went cheaper. Um, got a running back under five thousand forty nine hundred. Uh, Chuba Hubbard. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I going with a couple Panthers players here. I, I see that. You know, on the quarterback pick for Sam Darnold, like for fifty one hundred dollars, if you want to start a quarterback, like go for it. You're almost never going <laughs> to take a play from me on that, particularly when they get the thirty second ranked defense against the pass uh, going there. So no problem with that one. Don't necessarily hate the Shuba Hubbard call either. Either I think they will try to establish the run at some point there. You know, my only concern is if, if you know, it's kind of been a flip flop thing between Hubbard and Deonta Foreman. Both of them kind of busted out uh, in a bad way last week. So, you know, maybe if the the train gets rolling for Foreman, it really kind of comes down to whichever one one of them falls in the end zone here. And at a low cost, I don't really hate that call. You know, I I wasn't going to talk about this guy in this section, but I also have a Carolina Panther in my lineup and it's, it's DJ Moore. So Captain Carver and I did hit the magic, uh, Ooh. you know, fill up the bingo card there four for four, uh, with guys in our lineup. So a lot of overlap <laughs> with us this week. Uh, but I, I'll throw mine out here too. Kind of cheating a little bit here on this one. I'm, I'm throwing in some double barreled action with this bullish buy before I give you, or with this pick six rather, before I give you one more down the road here. And I'm, st- I'm, I'm stacking it here. I'm stacking Geno Smith, going cheap at quarterback as well, for $5,800. And we talked about DK being in a crush matchup here against Kansas City. And I agree with that. But I'm going to go cheaper at wide receiver. So stay in the same receiver room. But with Tyler Lockett out, I'm going to roll with Marquise Goodwin for $4,500. So stacking Geno and Marquise Goodwin. And look, they're going up right there in Chiefs. He's in, he's in your lineup, isn't he? Ah, uh, we Carvin can speak to. It. I'll let we'll let you finish, but go go ahead, go ahead. I'm gonna let you finish. He says, okay. Um, you know they're they're going up against the Chiefs, high scoring offense, but the Chiefs are actually 29th against both quarterbacks and wide receivers. So I'm locking in the stack here at a good matchup at a cheap rate for Goodwin and Geno Smith here, and I just think they're gonna have to throw it around the yard a lot. You know, especially with Lockett out here, I think Goodwin's gonna in line to play a lot more snaps this week and I, even if Goodwin kind of hangs around and gets to catches a garbage time touchdown late it's still gonna it's still gonna hit for fantasy managers and at just 4500 uh you're gonna get those studs like Henry and Kelsey into your lineup so those are my that's my two for one on the on the front end of my more expensive pick six category here well <laughs> I uh I have Marquise Goodwin as well commission <laughs> look at that 43 on that's five for five. Ew, that's crazy talk. I don't think this. I think this is a first ever. It's funny. I, I don't think this has ever happened. So uh, I, I love Goodwin a lot as well. I, I'm in the same logic as you, Kamish. You know, Tyler Lockett accounts for a lot of that offense. And here's the beauty of uh, Goodwin is, 
you're talking like world-class speed. So he also has that nice little boom uh, feature in him where it, it may not be the volume, but he's the type of guy that an inexperienced DB, if he's playing against him, uh, he's going to eat him up. He could, he can burn some long touchdowns. What say you, Mr. Brown? <laughs> yeah. I started laughing just because in, in, in the fantasy world, we, we, as as uh, commissioners, we we lost Lockett in uh in our in our fantasy league. We got we're like, hey, what do you think about picking up um, Goodwin here, <laughs> right? Because we lost Lockett. We, you know, we were hoping to start him, but yeah, he just had that uh, finger surgery. So uh, it's it's hilarious. And I started laughing because I'm like, you know what? I bet you Carmen grabbed him uh, after we we started talking about him in DFS. So like, it's it's funny. I can almost just read everybody's minds. I don't have him in my, in my lineup. I literally thought about it. The only reason I'd not put uh, Goodwin in there is because I have DK. Um, I don't want to get too much of that game in there. Um, I do actually think DK is going to hog a lot of targets, but um, I do like Goodwin too. Um, I just was torn about trying to get both of them in there. And I'll also bad juju again too much against my Chiefs. So I did enough with again, DK. So I opted um, – opted out of that but i don't i don't hate the pick because i almost went the exact same way i actually think i made a second lineup with good ones so uh i like it so that's funny we're all like hovering around the same page overall a lot of kumbaya i i may get a little bit of slack here we'll see like i said i had i mentioned earlier i got kelsey i got henry i got dk in my lineup so i'm, I'm going pretty strong with bullish buys i had to save some money um i'm going four thousand wide receiver here i'm going um, an ex chief here, Demarcus Robinson of the Ravens. All right. So, uh, Demarcus has, uh, slowly just became that number one target, uh, number one wide receiver. I should say over in Baltimore, uh, they kind of had a pretty putrid game last week with Huntley starting, um, Lamar's trending though. He's trending on starting. They get, they got a big game. They want to overtake the division since he plays Buffalo coming up. So there's a legitimate chance Baltimore can still take that spot there too. But going back to DeMarcus, um, you know, he's really almost the only other option other than Mark Andrews, right? Like, like I said, now they, they also have a uh, Devin Duvernay that's on IR. Um, and, you know, definitely watch if Lamar is trending on starting. I really like it if he is going to start because um, they literally have nobody else to um, throw to. I know they're very run heavy offense, but um I do like it against Atlanta, who we've said is one of the worst secondaries in the in the league two years running to. So I actually went to Marcus Robinson for four thousand. Uh commission. I don't have much to say on Demarcus Robinson. Oh, uh, I'll say that. You you can I I I think the Ravens run the ball like a hundred times, but I'll, I'll let you comment on Demarcus Robinson. I'm gonna leave it alone. And in the in the spirit of uh the holidays and good juju for our fantasy teams. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything bad about Demarcus Robinson. All right. Well, yay. Guess what? Here's another stat. He has uh, had 50 or more yards in the last three weeks, even with their pretty crappy offense with after Lamar's went down. But you got to add, hey, du- Duvernay also went on IR, and um, Andrews isn't having the season that that you're used to with Andrews. So um, it's um. Uh, less choices, right? So he, he's going to be involved no matter what. Question is, is he going to score? That, that'll that be like um, obviously more icing on the cake if it is a good play or not. But um, I will say he's definitely going to be involved. I, I don't think I, – I hope you guys can't argue with that. 
you're you're selling it, so we'll we'll leave it alone. We'll leave it alone there. Not too much to add on to Marcus Robinson. It's it's kind of a desperation play, but I understand why you're doing it because you're loaded up with guys like DK and and uh, and Derrick Henry. So I I definitely get where you're coming from with the cheap route, and it, it's kind of one of those cases where pretty much no matter who you say, unless someone else on the panel here also has that guy, you're probably gonna get some slack for it. So I hear oh, yeah. you from and. Uh, like Captain Carbon said, in spirit of holidays, we we won't bury you too much for it. But you're uh, all right. You're, I'll take you're it. Wrapping the straws there, but we'll see how, how it works out. Uh, Kamish, did you did you give me did you give us your second pick six? I did not here. I'll I'll chime in with one more guy here. I'm going with DJ Shark at Carolina, uh, hitting that Panthers game again, but this time on the other side of the ball. Uh, he's only forty two hundred dollars, and I know he busted last week and let some people down during during playoff week. So. You might see a little bit less exposure to him, especially in tournament fields, things like that. But, you know, prior to prior to last week, he returned double digits in three straight weeks. And, you know, he has a nice matchup here with the 23rd-ranked defense against opposing wide receivers. And, you know, he's a guy who's been up and down, you know, throughout his career. He had the one good season in Jacksonville a few years back. Um, he's not personally – he's not really a guy I'm overly high on in dynasty circles or really in redraft as well. But I think for this particular week, this is a case where – he kind of gets back on track here in a little bit in a must-win game for the Lions. And at just $4,200, I've said it a couple times now, but we're looking for flexibility for the the, the the bigger guns in your lineup. So he's another guy that fits the mold with that, just $4,200. If you if you can return your even like, you know, five for 60 yards, he's going to be he's gonna be viable in your lineup. So toss in DJ Shark and, uh, you know, we'll hope for the best there. I got to respond first on this one. I got the perfect response. So... Um, this is hilarious and it, it actually it's so funny how things work out. I literally had two hundred dollars left in my budget with my lineup. Like I said, I had four thousand for Demarcus Robinson. You mentioned DJ Chark is forty two hundred. I was literally going back and forth, back and forth. Do I want Chark? Do I want Robinson? Do I want Chark? Do I want Robinson? Those were literally the two choices I went back and forth in my head with um for quite some time and I decided going to Marcus. Uh, just because the Lions do have more threats, I actually felt like DeMarcus has like less options over there in Baltimore. But it's hilarious you said, Chark, because that's literally who I kept going back and forth with. And I have $200 left in my budget with this lineup. So I think that's pretty funny. Kamish, where are you hiding the camera in my house? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you the same thing. You're, you're stealing my homework again, it sounds like. Dude, this is, I this is crazy. him in my lineup. I can't believe it. I and I almost and I had him in my lineup too, and I took him out. It's weird. Nuts. This, this is weird. six guys. Is it six or five? How many do we have? To, to I think we're up to six now, and I think this is the week we're going to win the million. It's <laughs> gotta be. We got to play man. some multiple lineups here. That is nuts. I'm listening to him talk about Chuck, and I'm going. You know, I picked Chuck because I wanted to double up on tight ends in my lineup, which I ended up doing, but uh, because I thought there's a guy who's rather cheap, who's going to get the ball a lot. I'm not going to say his name, but he plays in San Francisco. Um, anyways, <laughs> uh, I, I'm sitting there going, you know, prior to last week, Chalk was kind of like getting these nice touchdown plays and he's playing against Carolina. And I was like, this is a good matchup. And then I'm hearing you sit there talk about it. I'm going, this is hilarious. I've got Chalk in my lineup at 4,200. <laughs> This is weird. This is odd, man. I don't know. All Can right. you tell we do a, a DFS show together or not? I don't know. 
kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. I guess great That's minds weird. think alike. I mean, this is the we'll most see. locked step I think we've ever been in. Like ever, definitely, so. uh, yeah, I cannot. Yeah, it's weird. If if we match, if any of you guys match my captain for this next game, I'm I'm literally gonna walk off this podcast like I tonight. I will not believe anybody. There's got to be some cameras, like you guys said. But uh, I'm I'm curious when we go under the lights. It's gonna be funny. All right, so I guess that's a perfect segue into the under the lights. And you know, we were kind of figuring out you know what we wanted to do, what game. And then I said, I looked over the schedule. Like I was on the phone with Aaron. And I said, realistically, and this is not me being a homo, but realistically, Kamish, there's only one game that has the most in, uh, playoff implications, right? And it was Minnesota at home against the Giants. Minnesota still clinging on to that number two speed seed with San Francisco breathing down their neck. And then the Giants trying to stay firm in that sixth spot where they're at. Um, so I, I looked at the whole entire schedule. And I said, this is the only game that really we should talk about because of the ramifications and how big this game is. Right. So, uh, one of you guys, you want to kick it off the commission and let us know what you think about this upcoming game and your thoughts. Yeah. For the reasons you mentioned, it was kind of a no brainer for this week where both teams really could use a win to either solidify their position in the playoffs as a top seed or for on the giants end of it. Stay in, stay in the tournament. So it's a big one on both sides. And there could be some some scoring in here. You know, Aaron's going to set the table with the spread and the over-under and all that. But, you know, I do think that the Vikings end up pulling on a close one here. Um, by within a touchdown or so, I would say I, I'd probably – if it's, uh, it spreads anything under seven, I would probably – I would probably wouldn't bet it. But I think the Vikings are going to win it here um, safely. But you never really know with Minnesota coming off an emotional game where they had the biggest comeback in NFL history – being down 33 nothing at, at, at the half. And you never know what took, that took out of a team like that. But overall, I think that the Minnesota is going to find a way to to pull out the win here at home in, in the Dome. So at least this is one of those games where you're not worried about that frigid, frigid cold because it's going to be indoors. So I I, I think the home field is going to make a difference here. And I think Minnesota pulls out a win in a relatively close affair. Yeah, yeah. And like the, the overall game, you know, we're talking – I guess I'm the line guy here. So it's um it's Giants at Minnesota, like you said, on in the dome. Uh, Minnesota is favored as a home team, four and a half points. Um, over under is 48. So it's funny before I was looking at the over under, I was kind of liking um, you know, the higher scoring points in this one. Uh 48's kind of up there. So it's funny, like Vegas is kind of going the same way. Um, I'd probably drop it a little bit. You know, it, it's cool with the sports books online you can kind of play around with those spreads I, i'd probably drop it at like 44 and take the over um but i do think there's going to be some points scored too especially with all these playoff implications here too so um i like dropping it a little bit taking the over um captain you're probably going to hate me a little bit but i am kind of leaning towards vikings as well uh but what what's what say you all right so typically if anyone knows how I play these captain lineups, I like to go with the cheap value and it's usually a defense. I do have the giants defense in my lineup. They are not my captain though. Oh, geez. Um, and the reason why uh, I have the giants defense in my lineup. And this is the reason why I think the giants actually win this game in, in a close fashion is that the Vikings Offensive line, according to uh, Pro Football Focus and another three uh, stat websites I looked at, um, 
The offensive line for the Vikings is ranked 26th as far as a unit, meaning how many quarterback pressures they give up, how many sacks they give up, how many blown, you know, blown blocks they give up. They're 26th. They're also against the blitz. You ready for this one, boys? They're 31st. Ooh. They're arguably the worst offensive line against the blitz. Does anyone want to guess what defense blitzes the most in the NFL? Well, I like where you're going. I'm going to guess it's a New York, a New York team not named the Jets. It, yeah, <laughs> and they, they, and it's by a long shot. That their new defensive coordinator blitzes like crazy. So, I, I was, I was trending Giants as my captain. I didn't choose them. I got them in my lineup because I do think they're going to score some points. I'm not sure that the Vikings offensive line is going to have an answer for an athlete like K1 Thibodeau. I mean, that guy is just an absolute freak. So I like the Giants to win. I definitely will take the four points. I think it will be close. I think the Giants win by three. But my captain is Richie James, wide receiver for the New York Giants. Uh, he's been getting a lot of plays here and there. And the Vikings are 30th against wideouts. They're really not good uh, against wide receivers. So I went Richie James. I like the Giants with the four points. And I also do like the Giants defense, but I didn't put him as my captain. What say you, uh, Mr. Brown? Ooh, all right. It's funny. Uh, funny you're going that way. I do like the drop of knowledge there, too. I, li- I like the pro football focus there. Uh, kind of what screams me a little bit is some, um, yeah, get some sacks in there. But, hey, you might have a blown might have a over the top to Jay Jeff too. So they, I don't know how many elite receivers like that they've, they've truly faced uh, this year, uh, especially Jay Jeff. He's kind of going, he's going crazy, but um, I went very unconventional. I think we've only done this one other time that I can remember over the last two seasons um, going very unconventional. We haven't done it this year. I know that um, it's going to, it's going to sound a little weird, but I'm actually going my captain. I'm going Graham Gano kicker for the giants for 6,000. Um, and like, yeah, it, it's, it's weird, right? It sounds, it sounds weird. Um, first of all, Graham Gounod has got a boot, right? He actually hit two 50 yard field goals. Um, last week, do you know how much DraftKings gives you, uh, for a 50 yard field field goal? Five points. All right. So if he's at your captain, it's actually seven and a half points. Um, hey, what's a what's a dump off? What's a one yard touchdown um, to the to a tight end? Right, about about the exact same, right? So he's literally um, scoring touchdown worse with his feet. Um, I do like the fact that the Giants. I mean, I've taken this multiple times this year. First score of the game is a field goal. I love that prop bet on the DraftKings sports book with uh, with the Giants too. So. Um, they're not, you know, I don't think of touchdowns when I think of the Giants offense. You know, they can move the ball, they can, move, they can take care of the ball, but um, I think they end up with field goals a lot of their possessions. So I'm actually going Graham Gano. What that did is I got Barkley, I got Davin Cook, I got Jefferson, and I got Cousins all in my lineup. Very un- unconventional, but um, I like it. I'm really liking it. So I don't know. Um, see what you guys say, but I'm going Graham Gano as my captain. I flirted with the idea of tossing the kicker into my lineup. I was thinking Greg Joseph, uh, but I did not do that. Um, he is in my lineup, but not in my captain slot. Um, I went to, I went the cheap route as well for kind of the same idea as you being able to play both quarterbacks and then getting uh, Jefferson in there too. But I, I went with another Minnesota receiver in the captain slot, and I went with K.J. Osborne. 
for $9,900 um, at the captain's price. And he's coming off an absolute monster game where he scored 34 points on a whopping 16 targets. And I don't think he's going to hit those numbers again at any point this season or likely again, maybe even in his career. But for under 10000 he just he just gives you a lot more flexibility. And when these in these small lineups where you can only start six players, I just think going the cheap route it really is the way to go unless you're really sold that a stud is going to absolutely blow up and return on a, a high investment. So I didn't necessarily feel comfortable betting or betting on any of those guys, those, those your Jeffersons or your your Delvin Cooks, Saquons, or anything like that as my captain. So I went the cheap route. I rolled with Osborne, and I think we might cut the podcast right here if Captain Carmen says he has the same player this time around. <laughs> uh, I do not have Osborne, so – We've we're we're safe in the lineups there. No, I went. <laughs> I like I like your I like your you know I like your logic. Um, I think you know there'll be plays. The Giants give up plays in the secondary. Um, they're they're, they're I think sixteenth ranked or fifteenth ranked against um, wide receivers in DraftKings. So they're in the middle of the pack. Um, so I don't mind Osborne there, especially at the cheap end of things. I went really cheap with Richie James because I also got Cook, Barkley, and Jefferson, and Slayton in my lineup. So uh, I actually I avoided quarterbacks altogether in this one. I just said, you know, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go unconventional and not even try to get a quarterback. So we all kind of went a little bit different this route. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't fault either one of you guys with your captain's picks. I think they're I think they're probably safer than mine. I think Richie James is probably more of a gamble. Um, but I've seen this Minnesota secondary give up plays to every wide receiver in the league this year. So there's going to be plays to be made. Um, so that's my take on it. I, I don't want to put too much bad juju out there. Like Aaron Brown says, like I don't want to <laughs> speak too much about the game because it's a big game for my team. Um, they feared pretty well against the Vikings throughout history. So, I feel fairly confident that they'll take care of business this weekend. And uh, Kamish, uh, one last thing. I, uh, I need you to like do some kind of Patriots prayers. Like, <laughs> I, dude, I, I have to start Matt Jones and my quarterback spot this week. So we need Matt. <laughs> if he has one good game, please let it be this week. Oh gosh. Yeah. Uh, let's not let it be this week. Cause me and me, me and captain play each other. <laughs> I've been trying to not think about the Patriots over the last three or four days here for obvious reasons, the way that game ended last week. <laughs> I was sitting there with my jaw on the floor for about five minutes, and I still can't believe that they just decided to go full you-know-what at the end of the game there, just tossing the ball around <laughs> in the backyard at a cookout on the 4th of July like with your, with your friend and your family. Like, good Lord, I've never seen a team lose a game like that, and I, I think – as long as I watch football going forward, I'll probably never see anything like that again. And it just made me – it's one of those plays where you sit there, you're like, well, thank God I just invested three and a half hours watching this product just for it to end like that. So <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, did you hear – did you know you, you can kind of blame Ramondre? Because I, I guess in the huddle they said um, – I think it was Jacoby said that, yeah, in the huddle they said, hey, just, just go down. We'll take it to overtime. And Ramondre actually was the first one that got cute with it. And then Jacoby just took it the whole – Whole new level. So, but it is funny in the huddle. They said, Hey, well, we're going to take this to overtime. Yeah. Jacoby is actually their emergency quarterback for those that don't follow the Patriots don't know that. So I think he was auditioning right there for the, 
making sure he has that job locked up if they have to get the backup, they bench Mac Jones at some point. But yeah, that was just that was awful. I just I've never seen a game end like that. And of course it was a former Patriot and Chandler Jones that took the ball to the house at the end. Well, on that note, what's funny on that note is boom, I listened to, you know, uh sports radio here in New York and it's Boomer Esiason in the morning uh on the on the fan, I think they call it or whatever. So here's what's funny. Boomer Esiason opens the conversation about this game with saying that Jan Chandler Jones is one of the only NFL players in history who gets rewarded for being lazy. So <laughs> he goes, if you watch the play and if you, you know, it's kind of what Boomer's job, you know, that's his job. He, he comments on football and he watches, you know, tape. And he goes, if you watch the play back, Jones gets in the backfield, misses a tackle. And he decides not to follow back the offense. How else is he all the way back there? True. Great point. <laughs> that's crazy. That's I was true. Like, that's a great analysis by Boomer Esiason. He nailed it like right on the head. I was like, holy crap. I was listening to it driving to work. I'm like, wow, he's actually right. He goes, watch it. He goes, he missed the tackle in the backfield and decided, well, we're going to know overtime. I'm going to take the rest of this playoff. <laughs> and then he got rewarded by the Patriots' stupidity. So I was, uh, that's unbelievable. It's funny. Um, you know, it's kind of weird because the one thing you always had, you know, not, I don't want to keep talking about it, Chris, because I know it's painful, but the one thing you could always like count on with Patriots teams throughout the years was how disciplined they were with under Bill Belichick. And it's kind of like a chink in their armor lately with them, like, not being that disciplined is kind of an odd. I, I mean, I'm not a Patriots fan, but I can only imagine you growing up watching that, like this disciplined machine, not make mistakes. If you're going to lose, you're going to lose, but you're not going to beat yourself. That's kind of always been like the, the Patriots thing. Right. So it's kind of weird seeing that. Yeah. As a 31 year old Patriots fan, I've lived a very privileged and successful uh, football experience in my life. So no one needs to feel bad for me at all, but it is very, very weird seeing the the Patriots being the team that throws up all over themselves with mistakes like that, the special teams errors, the punts getting blocked, running into running into other teams' punters, just these mind-numbing mistakes that have been plaguing them. I really might think it'd be a case of, uh, you know, Bill Belichick being in his 70s now, and the guys around him, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, are really just have no idea what they're doing. Matt Patricia's in over his head. You know, Joe Judge is a special teams coordinator who's working with the quarterbacks like it's just an absolute debacle that the the assistant coaching staff on that team particularly on the offensive side and it's I really don't see a path for this getting much better in the near future so I think as hard as this is to say I think we might be looking at uh it getting a lot worse in Foxborough before it gets any better anytime soon if that's a an uplifting way to to kind of start to close up the show here I don't know happy holidays boys yeah, I guess before we close it out, we'll, we'll do our holiday hot takes, right? Uh, I guess I'll kick it off with with my hot take. And I'm not even sure it's so hot given how much he's abused the Houston Texans in his career. <laughs> but I'm going to say that Derrick Henry goes for 235 yards or more and four touchdowns. 235 or more and four tutties. That's my hot take for Mr. Henry. What say you boys? like it. I mean, we all have Henry. So this week, I mean, obviously I think we're all going to maybe agree with that. We all have him in our lineup or hope for it. I'll kind of tag on a little bit and just in the spirit of our, of our alignment here this week. Um, 
I'm going to make the the mixed lineup and I'm going to say that lineup at least uh I'm going to say it 3x is uh 3x is the investment. If it does I'll, I'll I'll post it on the socials for everybody to say hey, if you're not following us, you're not mixing up our players and you better start because this is a good this is a good episode to do that with. Okay, Kamesh, what you got? Any hot takes? I do have one for you this week and well, the first hot take I hit on this year was involving Alvin Kamara when I told you he was going to score three touchdowns and uh, in a single game. And that was actually the only game that he scored a touchdown <laughs> in all year. He scored all three of his touchdowns in that one week where I called him out. So I'm call, I'm going back to the Alvin Kamara well this week. And I'm not I'm not going to hammer on the touchdowns this time, but I'm going to actually go at his yardage prop. His yardage prop is in the mid-60s. Uh, that's the over under and for rushing yards that is and I'm going over here and I'm I'm not just taking the over I'm going I'm going he's going to go for 100 yards on the ground this week he's only done that once this year uh, he had 103 yards all the way back in week five against Seattle uh, the Browns their defense has been playing better of late but they still are an absolute train wreck against the run and this is game it's going to be one of those cold weather games that that Aaron was talking about earlier so I think this could be a very very run heavy game and the Saints are as bad as of a season as they've had, they're right in the thick of it for the NFC South title and uh, a spot at hosting a home playoff game. So I think they're going to ride or die with their best player in this spot. I think can see him getting a ton of volume. You know, he, he's typically not been a guy they really like to give a lot of workload to, but he saw 23 touches a week ago, and I can see 20-plus incoming this week. And I think he takes advantage in the spot here against a really poor run defense in a must-win game and, and hits the century mark in rushing the season for just the second time all year. I hate it. I hate it, Mr. Kamish. You want to know why? <laughs> I'm playing captain in, in, in fantasy, man. So I, I got a grudge against all of Captain Carmen's uh, fantasy players this week. I, I So, so uh, I sure hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, we shall see. It's uh, it's that time of year, and it's really getting down to the to nut-cutting time here. And I'm hopeful that, at least in this particular case, that it's uh, an old-school run-the-ball type of, type of game and Kamara just feasts on the ground. But, uh, hey, you know, I think we've uh, we've covered the the league in detail so far uh, for this show here, and uh, I'm going to steal the show here from Mr. Captain Carmen before you can get another word in here on us, and I'll end it up with his famous words: "Peace." <laughs>